You're listening to the Sex Life Unleashed podcast, the show that combines personal development strategies and practical advice to unleash your sex life. I'm Dr. Stephen DeWitt, and with over a decade of experience as a sexologist, I've helped hundreds of women create the best sex of their lives, and I want to do the same for you. If you want to turn obstacles into opportunities, and hopefully into some amazing orgasms, you're in the right place, because the best sex of your life is still to come. And welcome back to season two of the Sex Life Unleashed podcast. Listen, last season there was a lot of sharing for me personally and thinking about how I want to grow, how I want to expand and how I want to bring you the best information, the best ideas, the best guests. Yes, you guessed it. I'm bringing guests to you. I was thinking this has got to be the natural place. Me having conversations with amazing people in the field of sex and sexuality or people sharing their journey and how they got to take off and shed some of their leashes. And that's where we begin today. Shelly D is a third culture kid that grew up Catholic to go in an Indian parents. And she hated to be told to be more ladylike. And that's evident in our episode today. She shares her journey of finding her voice of sexual empowerment, some of the challenges she's faced in the past, some of the successes she's had, and some of the things that she struggles with now. It was a ton of fun having Shelly as my first guest to share how she went from being a people pleaser to a badass, authentic woman that'll tell you how it is. And stick around to the end where I share my insights on what are the lessons, the learnings, the nuggets that you can take and apply to your life. Let's get started. Here we are <laughs> with Shelly D. Shelly, thank you so much for being on the Sex Life Unleashed podcast. You are my first guest ever on the podcast. That's so exciting. I'm and so glad you're popping my cherry with this. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> and you're popping my cherry too. It kind of oh, yeah, that's cool. true. That's true. It's mutual. It's mutual. <laughs> um, but in in thinking about guests, I couldn't think of someone better to join me on this podcast. I mean, you and I have known each other for I don't know how many years. It's, Ten. It's eight? it's about a decade now at this point. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah. And you know, sex has been something that has been something we've talked lots about, we've shared about, we've gone through a lot mm-hmm. together. And um, for me, if I can, like, you're my friend, but if I can separate myself out and, like, as a professional, as a sexologist, it's oh, it's so exciting for me to see you grow and evolve and find your voice and find acceptance and find love, not only as a friend, but like, you know, the, the sex nerd of me is always like, oh my God, like Shelly's this and Shelly's that, you know what I'll, (laughs) people who, you know, we have mutual friends. I'll, you know, we can talk about how much you've grown. So thank you so much for being a yes um, and sharing some of your journey on the podcast today. Well, thank you also. Like a big thank you has to go to you because you've been a very big part of my growth and development when it comes to me embracing my sexuality and being like that sex positive, empowered woman. Like if if you didn't enter my life at the time that you did, I don't think I'd be where I am at this moment. Mm-hmm. Well, so, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> Speaking of influences in your life. Yes. Um, why don't we start there? What What was your family life growing up, like specifically around the topic of sex, like mm. was sex talked about? We taught about sex. Like how did that show up for you? I, I don't think uh, this is going to be a weird question. Cause I, we didn't talk 
outwardly about sex. And mm-hmm. my, my parents, so to give some context, my, my parents are both immigrants. I come from Indian descent, but we're Catholic. So it's like this weird mishmash of like Western and Eastern culture. And in, from that came this notion where, you know, I always heard Shelly, you're not allowed to have sex until you're 30, until you're married. Um, that was always a big thing. <laughs> and, and it's funny though, because I am now 38 and still single. So I told my dad, this is what you get. This is your comeuppance for telling me that I couldn't. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, but talking about me having sex Mm. was, was, uh, a a no, no. Like I, I remember being 20, 25, 26. My brother is about six years younger than I am. And they knew he was having sex, Mm. but I could not talk about me having sex. Um, there was one time I was, I was seeing someone and they were going to meet him. And they asked if, you know, I, if we were going to have sex and I saw the look on my mom's face, it was just this very, like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I'm very disappointed if she says, no, yes, we are like, she's having sex with him. Yeah. And because of that face, I was just like, no, no, I still haven't had sex with anyone yet, which was a complete and utter lie. And I felt terrible for lying. And so rightfully, so like right after I said that, I was just like, but that doesn't mean I haven't done anything. Like I'm not, I'm not this innocent person. And my parents were like, Shelly, we get that. But for mm-hmm. some reason, me saying that I, I haven't had sex yet. Like it was just, it was a weird and uncomfortable thing. And I was 25, 26, like I was an adult and I had had sex for many years before that. And why, why do you think you, like what was underneath that? Why didn't you feel like you, I mean, you said the, the face and whatever, but like, what was the fear or what was underneath not like, what, what do you think would happen if you did say that? I mean, truthfully, I think looking back, if I said it, I don't think anything was going to happen. Mm. Um, but in that moment, it was just that, like, I've never been able to feel comfortable talking about that aspect of myself. There was never any safe space. I would say to actually talk about it. Mm-hmm. There was conversations about like, have you kissed someone and blah, 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 but like nothing to do with me having sex. Cause the, the topic and, and where it always went to was, you know, if you got pregnant, your life is going to change. And that was Mm. always where it ended up being. Yeah. And so as a result, I just never felt comfortable talking about it. It was just like, if it's always going to come down to me being pregnant and, and my life would change, it was also incredibly, I don't know if misogynistic is the right word, but it just, Mm. it made, it reduced me to just being this, I'm a baby making machine. Mm. And so I, I just didn't feel comfortable with it. There wasn't a lot of talk about pleasure or being empowered or or, having sex or yes for for recreation rather than procreation. It was like, Ugh. hey, if you have sex, you're gonna have babies. Your life is gonna change. Don't do it, Shelly. Yeah, it's like a okay. combination. Also, I think of like religion too, right? So my parents mm. were really Catholic, and I went to I went to church. I was yeah. a choir girl, and even in there too, there's no talk about sex for pleasure, right? It's yeah. just like sex for procreation. Yeah, and God forbid I lose my virginity when I'm not in a relationship or married. Yeah, I remember even going to confession one time, and I told the priest then that I had sexual partners, and and the priest was like, "Are you, did you plan on marrying them?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, please, please absolve me of my sins. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have like, I don't know what you want me to do with that. But like, that was his next question. And I think when it comes to women having sex, especially like being Brown, being Catholic, it's just this first thing she's going to get pregnant. And then, and then that's it. Her life is over. Yeah. What, so, when did it shift for you? Like, so I'm, or did it, has there been any conversations with your parents subsequent to that i mean obviously you're i i would assume that your parents 
think or know uh, that or hope maybe that you've been sexually active at, you know, 38 years of age. Um, but like, do you, how do you navigate that? Or do those conversations come up or what has that looked like since, you know, that, that shameful look that your mom gave you? Um, I, okay. So I think from the time I was a very young girl, I, I always had this fascination with sex. Sue Johansson, if you want to mm -hmm. talk about influences in my life, Mm -hmm. She was what was the biggest thing in my life growing up. My parents would always cover my eyes when we'd watch movies where it would like passionate kissing could potentially lead to sex. And I never quite understood why they were closing my eyes. And I was just like, why are you doing this to me? And my curious brain is just like, what is, what is happening? Mm -hmm. And it just so happened that I watched Sue Johansson on TV. And here was this woman just being very upfront talking about sex. It's just like, my boyfriend's penis is too small. Like, what is it that can we, what can we do? And she'd take these dolls out and give you these positions. And it was yeah, just yeah. very in your face. And it was so enlightening. And then I would have my parents like with nothing. So I always had this fascination because I saw this woman be very mm. upfront about it. And then that was my way into talking to boys because I was the one person that could talk about sex and, and, or had no issues talking about it. Ah. So I, that was my in with boys. Cool. So then it was just like this, at home life, Shelly was very like innocent. And I think I was innocent to a lot, to, to a large part yeah. and, and virginal and Catholic. And, and there was this always like nympho sex positive type person underneath it. Yeah. And so that, I think there was that journey and it got to the point where I think in my thirties, I think, I think as you get older, you can start realizing who you actually are. You're not mm -hmm. living to anyone else's standards. And there was that moment where I just was like, you know, screw it. Like, I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about. And I'm sick and tired of being told that I can't talk about these things. So like, I'd probably seen the last decade when it comes to my parents, if they're going to ask me a question they they have to expect the answer. <laughs> and <laughs> so, have you, have you had some of those? <laughs> like, yes. What? Yeah. Okay. Do you want it? This yeah. Is yeah. <laughs> I've never talked about like my sexuality. Okay. Um, and I, I, you know, for all intents and purposes, I guess you can call myself bisexual. I just like to think that I'm fluid. I hate these terms, yeah, yeah. straight, not straight, bisexual, whatever. Mm -hmm. I like what I like. And if someone is flirting with me and I like it, regardless of what they look like, I will go after it. So I was talking to my mom and my dad about my gay friends. And so I have like, I was just saying like, there's these two guys that are like extremely, uh, they're flamboyant. They're, they're extroverts like me. Um, and they're like super gay. And my mom is like, so what you're super gay. And I'm like, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I guess. And I got this really weird pitch in my voice and my, and my dad's like, what does that mean? I was like, well, you know, I've, I've hooked up with women before. Wow. And, <laughs> and, and there, my mom is my mom's face. She had that face. Like that <laughs> face. And I was just like, you know, I, you know what, at this point, I don't care. Like I've already done it. Yeah. It hasn't changed who I was. You, I have not been a different, like you haven't seen me as anyone different. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to just trying to be my most authentic self. Mm. And you're so much happier when that is. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. while the thing that I hated the most was the, the follow-up thing that my mom said was don't tell your family. Mm. And I got so angry at her. I got so angry. And I was like, that is so not fair. Yeah. Um, I have to put up with stupid things that my family does and you tell me that's who they are. So why can't you just say that about me? And why can mm. that just be what it is? Mm. Um, so we got into a little thing. I think it's just like, it was a lot. It was a lot. I don't think she recognized that by having raising me as this opinionated person that's going to just say whatever that yeah. she was going to get a taste of her own medicine when I would yeah. tell her things that she didn't hear. So be careful what you wish for mama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
<laughs> One thing that you um, said earlier, and I think that's so important uh, when you said, you know, when you were growing up and you were a little girl and your parents like would cover your eyes when something, you know, kissing or erotic or whatever would show up on TV. And that made you super curious and being like, yeah. what is that? Like, how is that? What is that? And then that's a, a theme that I see so often with people of that thing that is shamed or hidden or suppressed we're naturally curious, especially as, you know, young kids or teenagers or you're going through puberty and there's all this stuff and you don't have that space to talk. You're yeah. going to find that outlet. And you, like you said, that was your in with boys. You were the cool girl that like could talk about sex and would talk about sex mm-hmm. um, with boys. And, and I think that's such a, you know, if we take that, you know, into the future, there's so many people that still have those hangups that haven't worked through that, that shame or that guilt. But like you said, like you said, there was a, what a, your words that, that nympho sex positive person yeah. underneath. I think there's a lot of closeted sex positive nymphos out there so that are too. like, how do I get out of this? I, <laughs> I want to get out of this. So on that note, like how, what were the I alluded, you know, when we start talking, what were some of those formative instances that helped to become the person that you are now, be them positive or challenging or, or supportive or people or great sex? What were some of those things that helped shape who you are? Uh, hmm. I, I think dating large part, trying to figure out who I am, you know, and when you say dating, is that like going on dates or is that having sex with people? I, I, okay. So yes, having sex with people okay. and also like just that interaction. It's, it's always having that interaction with, with men, particularly when I was younger, I was hetero, like I, I was seeing a lot of men, mm-hmm. um, and trying to navigate that. I think I learned something from every single person I was with. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did and- you learn? What were some of those lessons that like, I like this. I don't like, what did that look like for you? Well, so the first, okay, uh, my first boyfriend, I didn't actually know this until, so it was that realization until like, uh, so I was 19 when I dated him. I was about 29 when, when I was with someone and I learned that my cervix can't take a big penis. Okay. And so my first boyfriend, when I would have sex with him, it was painful all the time, all the time. And I couldn't quite figure it out. And this is the other thing that I can't stand about how society treats women sometimes. I always heard when you lose your virginity, it hurts. It mm. always hurts the first time you have sex or like it'll hurt a first couple of times Yeah. that I just thought that that was how it's supposed to be. It was not pleasurable at all for me mm-hmm. until he asked me. And I was just like, oh, I don't know. I thought it was supposed to hurt. Like there was so much that I didn't wow. know. And I was, and I, and I, looking back, I can't believe that was my answer. I was just told mm. that it was supposed to hurt until I met, I was with someone who had, I was much older, had much more sex and he had a much bigger penis, knew he had that, but because of all of his sexual experiences knew how to like, he's like, mm. okay, maybe just change, change your position a little bit, do this. Mm-hmm. And that was when I realized my cervix just doesn't fit everything. Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, so it, it's. I, I put those pieces together and was like, okay, so this, this makes way more sense when I'm having sex, why certain yeah. positions certain others didn't. Um, and then there was like someone who wasn't, he didn't care at all about what I wanted. Mm. And then I met someone who did care about what I, like, it was mm. just like, you learn through experience, which is such a hard thing, especially as a woman who has never taught how to have sex and shamed for having sex. Mm-hmm. But that is essentially like everything as to who, where I am today is from every single experience. And I've been fortunate to have multiple partners. Yeah. 
So I could explore that. And if I don't like something, I'm, 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 a, I have a curious brain that always asks questions. And so it's just like, well, why did this work? Why didn't this work? What, why am I wetter here and not wetter there? How do I do this? Maybe if I masturbate here and it's having those conversations with people as well, mm. made, made things click better. So was it the actual, so one thing you said, I want to go back. You said, um, being a woman, it was never taught to have sex. Was it that? Because I think there's a, a part of you that quote unquote knows how to have sex. But I, what, what I also heard kind of in the background was when you became comfortable, confident, able to actually share what you liked, what you didn't like, set boundaries, share the things that turn you on, like to be able to articulate that to a partner, that's mm-hmm. what made a difference. Is, is yes. that accurate or am I? Yeah, we, no, no, it's very accurate. Okay. I, yeah. It's, it's, it's like having friendships, right? Like you, you, you have these insecurities when you're dealing with people mm-hmm. and then you learn that, you know, certain, you like certain things, you don't like certain things. Unfortunately, when it comes to sex, like you don't learn it until you're actually doing it. And some mm-hmm. people give you this space to explore that. And some people really don't because they're mm-hmm. all caught up in their own heads. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I wish, I wish that there was better learning techniques for teaching women about how they're supposed to feel or not supposed to feel how, how it could feel. If I had learned sex from a from more of a female perspective than a male perspective, yeah. it would have helped me understand how I'm supposed to internalize it all. Yeah. And how did you, so if, if we look at that and that's something that, you know, is, is such an integral part and in, you've been part of some of the, the navigating sex and sexuality events where, mm-hmm. you know, groups of women come together and supporting and hearing that from other women that they've gone through that or, or share that experience or have advice and that, that learning that's there. Um, what, when you say, I wish I would have learned that from a woman or from like through the female gaze or however you want to put it, how did you learn about sex? Um, I, 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 I learned from like, I, I watched a lot of porn Okay. So there was Sue Johansson that started me off and, 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 and then, and then there was a lot of porn and I watched how porn stars did things. Yeah. And there's a large part of, 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 you have an episode on performative sex versus pleasurable sex. I was taught to perform Mm -hmm. and, and I, and that was how I always did things. Like I need to come harder. I need to, to moan louder. I need to, I need to come louder. I need to do all these things. I need to perform when I'm having it because I didn't know how else to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I didn't even enjoy oral sex for a really long time either. Giving or receiving? Was, uh, receiving. Okay. And how come? Be- because well, again, my first boyfriend gagged mm. and he couldn't, he couldn't do it. So there was so much shame with that. I didn't mm. feel comfortable down there and I didn't feel comfortable about it in general mm. until I was with someone that like loved it. Mm. And it was just like, no, I'm not going to stop. Like I, 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 it took me a while to come the first time. And then I felt bad that he was down there for so long. And he's just like, no, 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 you stay there. And I was just like, oh, someone's putting me in the driver's seat. Yeah. That's what I think it is. Women are not put in the driver's seat when it comes to sex. Mm-hmm. Right? And we're not told to do that. We're not taught to do that. It's only something that you can learn. And mm-hmm. then and then once you, once you are put in that driver's seat and you are like, no, I like this. I like being on top. I like, I like when he does that. I like when he spanks me. I like, you, you know, you, you're, that is when it became pleasurable for mm. me. And uh, I don't remember your original question. 
It was like, how did you? I don't you know. Did I answer? Sense? Did I answer that question? Yeah, it's kind of, it's good. I think you're so. Perfect. I know. I, okay. <laughs> I love you. Get it so excited, and you're like, boo, 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 boo. no worries. No, it's good. Now I'm thinking about all the sexual experiences I've had. <laughs> oh, it's getting hot in here. It really um, is. So thinking about some of the influences, impacts, some of the learnings. Mm-hmm. You know, what if if the Shelley today? Yeah. Go back and talk to her younger self, what would you tell your younger self? I wish that I would, the importance of what boundaries are. Mm. Um, I didn't realize what boundaries really were until very, very, very recently. It's almost, I'm almost ashamed of myself for not thinking that, but Mm -hmm. if something speak up for yourself, like just, if they don't like it, that's too bad. If mm-hmm. they walk away, it's not my loss. It's theirs. Mm-hmm. But if something hurts, say it hurts. If you mm-hmm. want to try something, speak up and don't be afraid of doing it because the thing with sex is that's important to remember is that it's, it's an, it's something that two people experience together and it may not be synchronous synchronous. And what my experience is not what his experience is. And I can walk away feeling really discouraged and they can walk away feeling like it was the best night they ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I should own that more. And I speak up for yourself, say what you like, say what you don't like. If you, if, if, if you want to change courses, then do that instead, but mm-hmm. say more. Okay. I wish that I did that. Okay. And when you say boundaries, cause that's such a, a powerful place, I think, for, for women to come to. And you spoke specifically about don't do this, I like this, that kind of world. So for me, how that lands is in like a, a sexual encounter, right? Being able to mm-hmm. share that. But have there been times when boundaries or you've missed boundaries uh, or setting boundaries or establishing boundaries outside of sex, like with a potential partner of how maybe they speak to you or respect or what you're looking for or emotions? Like, have you played with boundaries in those areas? Yes. I, I, I'm someone who's been single for so long that it's hard for me to even think about how to put boundaries like for a relationship because I haven't been in a relationship mm-hmm. and I'm also a people pleaser. So, or I've been a people pleaser and I'm trying to work to stop that. And that is where I found that boundaries help so much because I'm so easygoing and so chill mm. and um, that it's just like, well, you know, if they want to do it and I'm kind of, on the fence about it, you know, whatever, I'll just, I I can go with the flow. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, and I realized that some things that I, you know, it's friends. Like I, I didn't, I don't want to necessarily eat that food or I don't want to necessarily go and do Mm -hmm. that specific thing. Um, but I would always do it and I never thought anything of it. And I think like the pandemic and being home and really like being with myself, which I've Mm -hmm. never done for so Mm -hmm. long Mm -hmm. taught me the importance that like, I need to, I need to conserve my energy for myself. Sometimes I need to like really just Mm. protect myself and it doesn't always have to be go, go, go. You don't always have to say yes to everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, but that notion was so hard because that's who I am. That's what I saw around me. That's my culture. It, it, it was such a hard thing for me to learn to do and I only did it recently and, and it does help so much just mm. in everything, in everything, like even work sometimes. Like I, I don't necessarily have to do what you want to do. I want to do it how I want to do it. Mm. And I need to tell you that 
but I also need to be honest. Like I, I need to tell you why, and then hopefully you'll understand why I do things this way and I need to do it that way. Okay. So if you were switching from people pleaser Shelly, mm. what would be the title that you're giving to yourself now? <laughs> like, the, like the role that you're stepping. So if you're not people pleaser, you're yeah. who? Oh, this is gonna be so hard because I'm in my head trying to think of the best name. No, to give no, it doesn't have to be. We can come up with. Don't get out of your head. <laughs> be with me right here. We're cool. We'll come up with something awesome. <clears throat> I'm not that people pleaser, Shelley. Yeah, I am that badass, authentic person that you know won't lie to your face. Okay, so people pleaser, Shelley, to badass, authentic person that won't lie to your face, Shelley. <laughs> Okay, good. It kind of has a ring to it. It's a little bit longer, but that's cool. Okay. I love it. And, and are, so you, you're doing that with, with sexual partners. I hear you're doing that with friends or, and at work. Um, is that like with family? Like, are you in that realm setting boundaries there for yourself? I'm trying to family, I think is the hardest thing for me. Yep. It's I'm trying harder with family. Mm -hmm. Um, that is what scares me the most. Mm -hmm. yeah, me, me too. Me too. <laughs> I don't know why it's so hard. Sometimes it's just like, you've known these people your entire life. Yeah. They should, they should be okay with who you are. Mm -hmm. But the people that I've had the most issues with is my family. And it makes me upset every single time. Mm -hmm. But yes, when, when I started realizing I learned boundaries with sex first mm -hmm. and then it, then it went to my life. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, I'm starting to do that with, with how I work, how I make my schedules, how I am with my friends. Yeah. I'm not afraid to say, I don't want to go anymore, mm -hmm. but now I'm trying to translate that honesty and that authentic authenticity to my family. Yeah. It's freaking petrifying. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm nodding in a in agreement to say yes, because I listen, it's still a struggle for me um, with my family. But you know, I think it's it's really beautiful what you said when the the skills that you learned in setting boundaries and navigating your sex life then translated that into other areas of your life. And I think that's one of the things that I love in the work that I do and, you know, is when people have that breakthrough and, and arguably one of the most difficult, challenging, sacred, suppressed part of their lives to be able to, to step up and own that and what they like, what they don't like, start advocating, setting boundaries, then it just, it has this ripple effect in, in your friendships, in your yeah. professional life in, and then, you know, that final hurdle, your, your family life, <laughs> if you get there. So um, that's, that's awesome to hear. One, one thing that you, and this ties into the family part, this ties into, you know, when you were sharing a little bit about yourself at the beginning, um, you know, being a woman of color, how mm -hmm. has that impacted or has that impacted your sex life at all? Uh, I mean, I can't, I, I, I would have zero idea if I was not a person of color, if my, how my sex life would be different, mm -hmm. but there's being from Asian, a traditional Asian culture, which, you know, there is a lot of shame. Women are, it's how we view women in general too, but there is that notion that I, how do I want to say this? All I ever see from my family, the women in my family is just them as mothers, them as mm -hmm. domesticated, them as all of this. So when I was trying to 
explore my sexuality, it was, it was harder for me to do so mm-hmm. because it was just me on my own. And I didn't know who to talk to. Cause even my, my Brown friends, my Brown female friends, they were also in the same boat. They, they had even more shame. I, there's so much shame. If I think it's all, you forget the people pleaser, Shelly. It's like that it, shame was always a part of it. I was always mm-hmm. told that I had no shame. Mm. And and so it was it from anything, from just being from someone who talks back, from someone who just said her opinion, it, you notice that there's this culture of shame. And I would look at my female friends, my brown female friends, and they were not, they had even worse than I did. They were not able, they didn't feel comfortable talking about themselves. They couldn't even look at themselves. They couldn't, they, they couldn't have sex. They couldn't be with their partners with the lights on. Um, it's, it's, it's that it's getting out of how we have viewed mm. women and, and, how like our culture really just doesn't do women justice. Like Mm -hmm. it just, it just pretty much tells us that we have to do this and we just allow, I don't know if this is going to be a really bad statement to make out loud, but I feel like when I was with partners that were also Brown, they had less respect for me. Mm. I don't know if that is a hundred percent true to this day, because I, there is a lot of white men that have disrespected me, but I feel like the way that I interacted with men, with Brown men sexually was different than how I could relate to white men. Hmm. And And can you go on? No, it's beautiful. Can you share more about what, or discern the distinction of disrespect between the the Brown men and the white men? It it was how I was never on equal footing Hmm. with brown men um and again i don't i don't know recently like i i'm going off of of, of situations and experiences yeah it's, and it's I your lived experience. Say it's reflective of, of all brown men yeah yeah no, I get it. but i feel like sometimes they don't necessarily like put us on the same footing and so mm. it's just like they felt like they could do whatever they wanted to me mm. and if i said no then um they kind of ignored it Mm-hmm. But it was like, they wanted oral sex, but they would never give me oral sex mm. or, um, they would just have sex. Like it would just be like intercourse for them. And that would be it. And I would just be like, that's that. And then they'd walk away. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You were like, that's it. That, that was what you brought to the table. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, and not to say that that hasn't happened with other types of men either. It's just, I find that white men, from my experience, the men that I have been with, mm-hmm. um, there's a little more talking. There's a little more like they see me and mm. I brought into that space and it's just like, okay, well, what is it that you want to do? I think that, that someone asking me what, what is it that I wanted mm. came, it was one, it was like multiple people in, no one had ever asked me that question. And I, I find maybe that is specifically what I'm referring to when it comes to Brown men. I never was asked what I wanted. Mm. Okay. And so, yeah, there was a little bit of that. And, and if I wanted to do too much, I was a freak and I was shamed and, you know, like mm-hmm. stuff like that, but that might be a really broad generalization. Yeah. No, it's listen, it's your journey. It's your truth. We're not speaking okay. about all white men, all Brown men. This is yeah. your lived experience, the partners that you've connected with, and that's your observation. Yeah, no, that's valid. Um, do you now, or how do you now ensure that dialogue takes place. So you meet someone, you know, there's sexual chemistry, you know, things are moving in a sexual direction. How does Shelly show up differently now? Like maybe that guy isn't the one who's going to be like, what do you like? What do you don't like? 
how does Shelly kind of take the reins, take the steering wheel in navigating sex now? I think I'm still, I'm still working on that, but okay. I, I, I talk about it more. I, it's something that you bring up before rather than during or after. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> I feel oh like God, that's a yes. little bit important. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's still, it, it, and I'm, I'm saying I'm still learning about this because I, I don't, I'm still learning whether or not how much I want to divulge at the beginning. Mm. Because I feel like sometimes when I say, I feel like it comes off as intimidating if I've had more sexual partners than some of the guys I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, and also when I tell them that I've explored kink and BDSM and, and stuff like that, then they kind of see me as this like porn star goddess that, mm-hmm. you know, is going to take them on all these experiences and trips together. Um, and that's not who I am. So it's, it's still trying to carve out that, like how I say who I am and what I want to say, but I'm very open about my sexuality. I'm mm-hmm. very open about, um, what is it that I like, what, where I've been and, and what, what that means for the person I'm with. I, I would like to be super honest and just say like, this is what I like. Mm-hmm. I don't mind exploring this, mm-hmm. but that will come after we've done this for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm speaking with a lot of hand gestures and I realize that that may not translate really well audio. So I'm going <laughs> to, it's all good. Let's go from like A to C first. And then once we do that, like, let's mm-hmm. see what D to F can look like. And I have no problem going down to X, Y, Z, but like, let's, I want to, I want to be more open about it because I've learned that there's so many insecurities that happen and we're so in our heads and men are also in their heads, right? Mm-hmm. If they're like, so that was a really hard thing to learn too, is that if a guy is nervous or a guy is stressed, it, it impacts his performance and it impacts mm-hmm. his ability. Mm-hmm. And then he gets so hard on himself and you're like, mm-hmm. that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so the more you talk about it, even though you don't want to talk about it, mm-hmm. um, say it and it makes, it makes life so much easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so yeah. Do you ever share again, what you're comfortable with or what you want to explore with a particular person, or maybe you're having a conversation of what you have explored. Do you ever share what's necessary for you to feel comfortable to explore those things? Like you said, maybe like A, B, and C is something that they're comfortable with, you know, the first time you meet the person or the second time or the third time or whatever, but like the X, Y, and Z is something that, hey, you know, this is something that I've explored. I enjoy it. But in order for me to um, you know, explore this, this, this with someone new, I need a level of trust, of security, of honesty, of safety, of communication, of, you know, connectedness. I I need to have a pattern of that in my life for me Mm -hmm. to be able to feel comfortable to then explore the X, Y, and Z kind of kink side of things. Have you shared it on that level before? I think I'm really bad at sharing that a part of me, uh, Mm -hmm. because, for a while, it was just sexual partners that I was having. And so I didn't understand how to like date a sexual partner. It was just Mm. sex. Mm. Um, and, and again, even with that, like, it was just, I think I was trying so hard to be like a dude and just have sex with multiple people. I don't know. I have no idea, but like some part, I think to an extent, I just wanted to be like a guy who just have like multiple partners and, mm-hmm. and live that life. And, um, I didn't, I didn't know if not having that trust and intimacy was in intimacy was harder for me to 
I would still have sex with people. It didn't matter. Like I can meet them and then, you know, we could have sex and it, maybe it was great. Maybe it wasn't great. And maybe mm -hmm. I will talk to you again. Maybe I didn't talk to you again. Um, that, that is something I struggle with when it comes to dating. And I think that that has been one of the harder things for me to deal with. Mm -hmm. Um, because I have found that when I trust someone and there's that level of like connectedness, mm -hmm. which I like that word, um, it has been such better sex. It's mm -hmm. been, you know, and it, and, and I, I don't even know. And, and then there's like that chemistry and you're like, whoa, I didn't even want to do this. And now all of a sudden all these things are happening to me. You know, like I, 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 I have to do that more. I have to have more of those conversations. Cause I still don't know how, I have issues, I guess, trusting, opening up for me, being vulnerable mm. on that level. Mm -hmm. um, but I have learned, and I do know this, I, that when you have that connection with someone, it's mm -hmm. just this, it's so much better. Mm -hmm. And what is that connection for you? Like if you can distill, I know this is a challenging question, but <laughs> distill it down for Shelly. It doesn't have to be for anybody else. Right, right. But, but what, what are the, you know, you may have to grab something out of the Ethereum to, to oh, pull yeah. in, but like, what are some of the elements that for you, have you feel connected, have you, and then are able to have that amazing sex? What, what, what is that if you could kind of pull it apart? Okay. I, I'll, I, I feel like I, the best way to do this is talk about my, me exploring. When I started exploring kink and BDSM, there were a lot of things I said I would never do before that even happened. I was mm -hmm. like, I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to do that. I never want to do anal. I would never want to do all these things. Um, and then I, 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 I met, I met someone who pushed me, but it was almost like they saw, like they saw me, they gave me mm -hmm. that space. They mm -hmm. always checked in with me, which I had never had that. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's just like, you're with someone who doesn't just care about themselves. They care about you and they're going to push you and they want to do these things to you, but they also want to respect you. And, and if you said no, and if you didn't like it, they would stop, but they would also ask you that in that moment. Mm -hmm. And if you said no, they would actually stop. It's not, you know, maybe they might stop. Maybe they'll slow down. It was just like, no, we'll like, Maybe we'll just do a little bit of cuddling right now. Maybe we'll just like calm down everything. And, and having that mm -hmm. was what changed everything for me. Like being with someone who I felt actually cared enough about me. Mm. Um, and it wasn't about them coming because that's, that's the other thing. Sometimes it just feels like all a guy cares about is coming. Like he just, he's hard. Mm -hmm. He wants to, he wants to ejaculate and, and he just needs to get from, from here to there. And that's mm -hmm. it. Um, but when you interrupt that and say like, listen, I can't, I need to stop this for a second and they do it. Mm. I have done things, all those things that I said I would never do. I have done. Mm. Um, and so that's what it is. It's, 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 and I guess that's the problem. I've never, I, I haven't dated long enough and I only had sexual partners. So I never knew what that trust looked like. Mm. Um, but that ultimately is what allowed me to do more, um, yeah. Being seen, being heard, feeling comfortable, being in a safe space. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so a different type of question for okay. you. Okay. Um, what do you love about uh, your sex life right now? I love that. I love my sex life. Mm. I, I love that I enjoy sex. It's not, it's not about just performing. It's not about 
coming. It's not about coming as loud as I want. It's I, I want to, I want to feel things. I want to, I want to feel the magic. And I want to, I, I, I lo- also love when you're with a, when I'm with a guy who's never, he hasn't, he hasn't choked me or he hasn't tried to spank me or anything like that. And you make him so comfortable that he gives into that carnality and that like mm. visceral rawness. I mm. love seeing that. I feel mm. like, I feel like I almost want to be like a sexual teacher. Like come <laughs> here, come hither. I want to teach you that it's okay. I will be my pure self having sex. If that it will allow you to like channel that like visceralness, because it's not just about performing it's not just like it's like you work with me I work with you and I love I love seeing that I actually it's one of my favorite things that's awesome that's awesome (laughs) and um what don't you love about your sex life right now uh that I'm not having enough (laughs) 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 ah Wow. Okay. Well, you know, that's, that's the first one. <laughs> no, that that's, that's awesome. Any, anything uh, else? <laughs> I, um, I, I think I, I'm, I'm still working on, on, on really opening up. So mm. that would probably be the second one. Like just how to be as, like, I, as, as honest, as, as I say, I'm, I'm as honest as I'd like to be, it's, it's getting even more deeper into that mm-hmm. and just, uh, and, and being vulnerable enough to be like, mm-hmm. no, or, you know, like, I don't feel comfortable with this. I'm st- it's still hard for me to say those things. So mm-hmm. I say them less and I'm trying really hard to like, I don't, I, I don't need to say them often, but I, I, I'm not quite there yet. Yeah. 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 Well, Shelly D, badass, authentic, <laughs> tell you straight how it is, woman. Um, thank you for opening up. Thank you for being vulnerable on this podcast and sharing so openly. I really appreciate that. And um, I know there's something exciting coming up in your future. Yeah. Just Out of Curiosity podcast with Shelly D. Mm-hmm. That's launching soon. Uh, Tell us about that. What is that about? What started it for you? What are you going to cover? Um, yeah, so I'm starting a podcast. It's going to launch in May, and it's just talking about sex and sexuality. I, I, I meeting you and seeing the impact that talking about sex and you have given me that venue of like the NSNS groups and listening to women talk, I feel like we don't talk enough about it. Mm-hmm. And then we live in the shame spiral of all the negative things that happen to us thinking that we're the only ones that it happens to. I want to put something of myself out there into the universe. And so I want to, I, I, I'm, I have a curious mind. Like I probably have mentioned a couple of times and I want to look into identity politics and sexual orientation and identity, just having basic conversations to try to understand it all, because I think we judge much faster than we ask questions. Awesome. And I think this, the, the title has me so excited because, you know, I, as long as I know you, you're like, uh, something comes up, you're like, just out of curiosity. And then you can just drop whatever question you have in there. <laughs> and I think that, you know, I think that'll be work well for your personality. And uh, again, thank you so much. So if people want more, check out as of May, 2022, the Just Out of Curiosity podcast with Shelly D. Shelly D, yes. thank you so much for being on our podcast today. 
And now let's slip into my thoughts. You know, Shelly was so generous in her sharing of where she's at, about her family, her upbringing, everything that's there. And so now I'm going to think about and invite you to think about some of the lessons that Shelly's learned. So I have a bunch of questions that I have for you, and then I'm going to share my thoughts and insights. So where in your life has a look from someone, just like the look that Shelly's mom gave her, has impacted you and impacted your ability to share your truth, keep you, has kept you silent or suppressed? And how does that still impact you today? Because it was just a look. But often silence can be deafening. It can sound it communicates so much. There was so much weight to that look that Shelly's mom was giving her. It was like, please don't say you're having sex. Please don't say that. You shouldn't. Please, please, please. So think about it. it could be a look from what are your parents? It could be a friend. It could be a partner. And how does that still impact you today? And then the next thought that, that stuck with me is when, you know, Shelly's parents would cover her eyes when she was watching, you know, something on TV and there was some sort of romance or eroticism on some level. You know, where have you been shielded from the realities of sex? And it just made you more curious. Often that's something that comes up in my practice where women will be like, you know, I wasn't allowed to do this. I was told this was wrong or this was bad. Or women who think like this or behave like this or want this type of sex, you know, they should never be that. And that just like fanned the flames of curiosity and passion and interest and wanting to do that. So where has that impacted your life where you've been early on shielded from something that just made you more curious. I know for me, it shows up in not just sex, but in different areas. I was never allowed to have fireworks or firecrackers because, you know, my parents thought I was going to blow my hand off. And now I love them. It's so much fun to be able to explore and, and, uh, and light them off at different types of the year. My next question for you is, have you been told to speak up for yourself, ask for what you want, set boundaries, all that kind of great stuff? but never in the realm of sex? And why do you think that is? Just think about that for a moment. I know there's lots of things out there, maybe in relationships, maybe friendships, maybe at work, maybe at teams, where it's like, yeah, step up, use your voice, advocate for yourself, but that's never been something that's been shared with you to to talk about sex to set those really clear expectations, intentions, safe words, things that you're into, things that you're not into, things that you need. Why is that? My next question is, where have you tolerated uncomfortable or painful sex? And why? Do you still need to do that? My answer is a resounding no, you never need to do that. But that ties into the earlier questions of being silenced and suppressed and told you could talk in all these other areas, but never has anyone told you explicitly or given you permission to share in the area of sex. And so you tolerate things that don't work, like painful or uncomfortable sex. Shelley mentioned that when she was able to set boundaries in her sex life, it had this ripple effect throughout the rest of her life. Where could you set more boundaries in your life? That's a question that I ask all my clients because there's always areas 
that are like, oh, you know, I kind of give this person more slack or this situation or this circumstance because blah, 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 blah. And then you find yourself building resentment, getting uncomfortable and getting angry. So where could you set more boundaries in your life? I, I love this. This is a new th thought for me that came in talking to, to Shelly of what are the levels of connection that are necessary for you to explore different things sexually? I think Shelly beautifully put it in the, like an alphabet, like you're comfortable with A, B, and C, but if you're going to explore X, Y, and Z, what are the levels of trust, safety, communication, intimacy, love? What is necessary for you to explore different things sexually? And the last thing that I want to leave you with is how are you a sexual teacher? Or how could you be a sexual teacher? Because I assert that you are a sexual teacher. Each person that you connect with sexually will learn a lesson from you. What are the lessons that you're teaching them? And every sexual connection that you have, you will learn something. What are the lessons that you're learning about yourself? Where is that growth? Where is that contribution to not only other people, but to yourself? Because you're always teaching yourself about sex. And that's it. That's all. Season two, episode one, bringing you the guests. Again, it was wonderful to have Shelly on. If you want to check her out, please visit as of May 2022, just out of curiosity, with Shelly D, the new podcast that is coming your way. And if there was a party that was like, hey, I need some sexual transformation in my life, I invite you to click on the link in the show notes below. The Sex Life Unleashed Academy is launching in June. You want to get on the wait list for that. If you want to transform your relationship with sex, if you want to be comfortable being a sexual teacher, be able to set your own boundaries, not tolerate painful or uncomfortable sex, be able to advocate for yourself, be able to deal with the realities of your sex life, and be able to share that with the people or the person in your life that you want to connect with and have an amazing sex life. I'd love for you to join this 12-week journey. Click on the link in the show notes or you can visit sexlifeunleashed.com slash waitlist. That's all for this week. I'd love your thoughts. Please share, subscribe, and let me know your feedback because I am here for you. And remember, the more we understand about ourselves and each other, the less we have to fear, the more love is here. So here's to happy days and living a sex life unleashed.